Welcome to the Sonship Life again. Here we are. <laughs> here we go. Here we are. Here, here he is. And um, we have a message again. Glory be to God. We have a message again that um, I believe will make new inroads of understanding, a, a greater enlightenment of revelation to to perceive the truth of the victory that we do have indeed in Christ. And not only that we do have the victory indeed in Christ, but how to walk it out. How to walk out this victory. And I tell you, it is not an easy walk. And the Word of God uh, even comments on it, that we're to endure as good soldiers of Christ this hardness, this intensity of transformation, this real assault to the mind of Christ that we now do bear through our new faith. And so I was before God onto this um, message today, and um, especially because I, I wasn't quite perceiving the title that, that I knew he had for today. And, and so I, I, I had to really still myself, and though my outer man was, was, was getting rather impatient with wanting to know the lead and the title for this morning, but I just received the title for this morning, and it's really from Ephesians chapter 5. It's where he led me to, and so we have a message with a title, and it is Be Imitators of God. Be imitators of God. You see, I wanted to title it. Uh, uh, I knew the flow was going to be a continuation of where we have been talking about being an overcomer, talking about the victory that we do have now in Christ, that even our faith has overcome this world and, and every defeat and every a snare and every entrapment to make us fail that's found in the world is solely overcome by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have, I believe for this might be the fourth week or the fifth week and the whole dominion sonship, it's neat because I'm coming to the end of my, the little notebook I started back in March of 2020 when he first called me to teach. Um, and he gave me dominion sonship as a ministry name and really what a transformation has entailed in my own personal life and in a, a true stretching to step out, to step out and to walk, to walk that which has called me to walk out. And there will be a resistance. And that resistance really to all of us is through a carnal mind. And so a lot of my teaching is to do with mind renewal. A lot of my teaching is really to put down the old man. What does it look like to put down the old man? It's that old nature of the flesh that has a mindset of defeat, a mindset of self-pity, a mindset of wanting to do nothing <laughs> but suck our thumbs and cry. <laughs> but knowing Christ, we have a brand new reality and the Word instructs us to put on the new man who's made in the very likeness and image of the Lord Jesus Christ in pure righteousness and holiness and to be able to walk out this divine reality of this new birth in Christ, that we are now a new creation, new mind, it does take an intense, an intense determination to not look back, but to be found in the press of faith, as Paul was, as all of 
us are. Oh, the heroes of faith in chapter 11 had to undergo this moment of a moving forward, forgetting what was because the word of God says in Hebrews 11, if they had the opportunity or the desire to look back, they would have gone back. If they look back, they would have had the opportunity to go back to that from where they were delivered. And so many slide back and what happens then? We excuse why it was really God's will for us to be stuck in the mud again and again and again and again. Because we think we are better witness stuck in the mud. Because we think we have a better way to commiserate, to have this false compassion that we think we, we have now to walk in in crisis. False compassion. Unless I suffer like they suffer, I wouldn't know what they're going through. I tell you, all of us are going through an intense moment. Because the wages of sin is death. And yes, we are to walk in the Christ compassion. But what does that look like? That looks like you bringing forth deliverance to another. That looks like you being in the very strength of your new man to reach out to the Peter, to reach out to the James, to reach out to the ones that are, that are, that are, that are sinking in doubt and unbelief and to say, come up, come up. A little higher, let us go. A little stronger, let us situate ourselves in the solid foundation of the word of God. Come up, stand tall. And, and this is really birth in this desire within me of the Holy Spirit to see us walk as the sons of God. To demonstrate this liberty of a mind that we do have, the mind of Christ, to be imitators of God and not of man. To be imitators of God and not of man. To be imitators of God and not of man. Mm. So let's go to Ephesians. We we read a bit in chapter 4 and then into chapter 5. Chapter 4 is walking in unity. Now, in chapter 4, 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the equipping, for the building up of the saints. We are to be built up. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ, not the destruction of the body of Christ, but for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all, all, all of us come to the unity of the faith. Unity in Christendom is only found in the faith of the Son of God, which is based on the word of God. We'll never agree with doctrines of men. We'll never agree on perceptions of ideology, psychiatry, psychology. How you address the problems of humanity. 
The way we address it all is through the word of God. When we are made strong in the reality of who we are, we have an answer. The answer is Jesus. What does this answer look like to another? New birth. New birth. To be born again. How do you minister life to another? Through the words of Christ. Through the Christ compassion of there is a way out of the snare. We don't have to validate the snare. We don't have to pity the snare. We don't have to make the, the other, the weird to rescue, sink further down in the pit. No, we are to be an edifying agent of God to another. So that God through us would raise them up. So we can all come to the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. Not the knowledge of the world. Not the knowledge of how so-and-so does it over there. And they have some success. So let's imitate that procedure. That know-how. That marketing scheme. But we ought to come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, tell us, fully mature man. And we know this fully matured love of God that is found in this perfect man, in the one that's fully matured in the love of God, has no fear within. Because this perfect man He's walking in the love of God. The God so loved me that he died for me. And this revelation of the love of God flushes out fear. There's no ifs. There's no buts. There's no opportunity of sinking. There's no, there's no way back to an old way. It's only forward in Christ when we come to this fullness of understanding. What he talked about just before I started reading in 10 regarding Jesus, that he might fill all things to be filled with him alone. That he will have the preeminence in our lives. So we will walk in this perfection of this new man. The one that's born of God. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. How do we read these verses and live like the world? How can we come and get so excited about his provision that he has so freely given us the provision of Christ? That we have an opportunity to grow up into this perfect man, to have unity with one another in the faith of the Son of God, to be filled with the knowledge of the Son of God, to be a perfect man to the measure, 
to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Is there anything marred in the fullness of Christ? Is there anything broken in the fullness of Christ? Is there anything incomplete in the fullness of Christ? No. No. But yet here we go, finding ourselves. This is, I am speaking from my own personal meditation. You can turn this channel off. If you want to excuse where you're at, why you're there and why you want to be there. And yet within you, there's an earnest desire to move forth and forward in God. Yet within you there is a hunger for revelation of the love of God. But that takes an intense laboring. A laboring to labor unto that eternal food of believing the word of God. A laboring to enter into the rest of faith. And to endure hardness as a good soldier, to be vigilant and to be sober. And here we go. Yes, Tessie, yes, indeed. It's what the word of God says. You have to be a toughie in this hour. You have to know that you're being built up into this perfect man, into this full resemblance of the Christ man on earth as part of his body. Fitly joined together in the body of Christ to resemble the master. The church of the firstborn is the most glorious creation on earth. It is dominion, the dominion of God on earth. It is the governing body on earth. And so when I read the imitators of God, I realized there is a part that we play in this moment because I was going to title this message, The Christ Mind of Victory. But you see, when we say that, the Christ mind, we almost separate ourselves. Yes, Jesus walked in this mind of victory, but you know me? No. But when the word comes back into, into Ephesians to read and to say that we're to be imitators of God, then there is a place that we do have of accountability and responsibility. Because if we continue from where we stop reading in chapter 4, that we're now being built up in this unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Look at verse 14, that we should no longer be children, immature, no longer children tossed, tossed to and fro and carried about, carried about, deceived, with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Do you know you can walk in the trickery of man? And do you know you can be tossed back and forth this doctrine, that doctrine? And do you know you can be caught up in the snare of the craftiness of deceitful plotting? Yes, you can. And so often we find ourselves in those places and we want to excuse why we want to stay there. When God says, come out from among them, be found standing. 
It doesn't mean we're not a blessing to those around us. But our conformity is to be with Christ and not the world and not with carnal Christianity as well. Mm-mm-mm. Carnal Christianity is almost worse than the world. So sad to say this. Because it's the carnal Christian that would want to bring you down. You say, oh, you're too fired up again. Oh, don't be so extreme now. They'll tone you down and they would want to steal. They would want to steal the zeal and the passion of God within you. Don't let the passion of God ever die down. Stir up, like Paul tells Timothy, stir up the gift of God within you. Even if it means for a season you're walking a singleness of a walk. So what? You're not alone. He is in you. He is with you. He is cheering on together with a great cloud of witnesses like Hebrews writes. Cheering us on in chapter 12. Go, Desi, run the race. Go, and you put your name there. Run the race of faith. Come on, let's stir each other on. Let's stir each other on to keep running that which God has spoken to us to run in, which is the course of faith. And not to be entangled again with the affairs of the world and get gossipy and compare notes with someone else and listen to what they said about us and what they didn't say about us. What has God said about us? That we are to be found in this press of faith that is producing maturity through the fivefold ministry of God, Christ himself teaching us so we'll be found to the, as a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer, no longer, no longer, no longer, which means for a season we were, but that we should be no longer children tossed to and fro. Oh, I don't know what's going on. I think they're likely I'm going to stay here a little bit. What has God said about you? He loves you. He has a plan to conform you to the image of Christ. A transformation that is of the Spirit. But we have to yield. And the way we yield is by taking captive every thought of opposition. And that right there is the fight of faith. It is through that which you perceive. And what you perceive is what is really what has persuaded you to perceive. That to which you've yielded yourself to listen to. To have given ear to. To have spoken into your life. Is what is leading you. Now, the good shepherd that is to lead us, the only voice that we are to hear is his voice. The one that we are to follow is not a stranger, but is the good shepherd. And the way we follow him is by allowing the word of God to persuade us. 
And that happens through a meditation of the word of God. That happens through a heeding, the correction that comes from the word of God. To bring down every thought, every tree that's planted by our living God. Every dead tree that's producing dead fruit. That's maligning a walk in Christ that is bringing a conformity to the world has to be uprooted. Time to grow up. Time to find ourselves in this new man that he has paid such a price on that cross to bring forth a reconciliation with himself so that we can come now into the tail end of chapter 4. <laughs> Look at this writing to the body of Christ, Paul is, to the Ephesians. The Ephesians that we know at the very end in those books, which church were they found in? The book of Revelation. The loveless church. The very first church that he addresses is this church in Ephesians. That he's saying to them, come back to your first love. In, 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 in the book of Revelation chapter 2, 4, Jesus speaks. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. The beauty and the power of repentance. To be found standing right with our God, even though we caught ourselves and fell away from our first love. Now we can say, Lord, I recognize the error of my way. I was found in this seat. I was found in these plottings, crafty plottings of deceitful man. I was found, tossed back and forth, away from the first love of the word of God. But now, now, Father, I come to you. Now I recognize the power of the purging blood of Christ that has made me brand new before you, Father, that has given me a pure conscience. So Holy Spirit, help me run this race. We have an aid. We have a guide. We have a counselor, a helper, a mighty helper, Holy Spirit living within us. And so we Come quickly to this place of heeding his voice. Heeding his voice. Let me just finish here in, in book of Revelations 2, 5, where I, I um, started. Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have. 
that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I'll give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God, eternal life. And so then let's go back to the writings, the Ephesians that Paul is spending under the lead of the Holy Spirit. He's saying in chapter 4, verse 25, therefore putting away lying. <laughs> what? Because he just finished saying to them, that we, uh, verse 20, but you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard him of him, heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. The truth is in Jesus. The truth is in Jesus. And that's why earlier in that chapter he said that his desire is that we walk in the knowledge of the Son of God. That is the same thing as saying to walk in truth. I hope I'm going not too fast. I hope I'm not going so fast. A lot of this has to be meditated. And decisions have to be made within our own selves. Whom do we follow? Really, whom do we desire? Or whom do we want to subject ourselves to? Because the one that you're subject to is the one who, under whose dominion you're walking. And so if we subject ourselves to a carnal mind, the ways of the world, the earthly ways of the earthly man, then we are not imitators of God. We are then pleasers of man. And that's what the correction that came from Jesus to Peter where he says, get thee behind me, behind me, Satan. He said to Peter, because you're mindful of the things of man and not the things of God. To be mindful of the things of God is to undergo a transformation. It is to take back this word and hide it within your bosom and allow this word to transform and renew your mind. So then there will be a different sound to you when you speak. There will be a different walk to you when you walk. You will demonstrate the marking of God on your life when you submit to the things of God. Some might call it strange. Yes, indeed, it is strange to the world. Thank God for that. But it's a true blessing to those who have a desire to glean into your life. When you follow Christ. Because now we understand why he'll say in verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man. Which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts. It's these deceitful lusts that keep us in these places of immaturity. Tossed back and forth with every wind of doctrine. But we are now in verse 23. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. 
Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the mind of Christ which you do now have. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us we do have the mind of Christ. That you put on the new man. You see, when your mind is renewed, when you are renewed in the spirit of your mind, then you come into verse 24, that you put on the new man. You see, you can't, you can't be a carnal thinking person as a Christian and say, I'm going to put on the new man in terms of, or I'm walking in the new man. You put on the new man by choosing to renew your mind. And as we forsake the old ways, we are truly walking in the new way of Christ. Because unless we're walking in the Spirit, we will not be able to shut out these lustful, deceitful ways. Be renewed in the Spirit of your mind that you Put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And then we come into 25. Therefore, therefore, because you're brand new now, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor because truth is found in Jesus. We are, for we are members of one another. All this lying. All this lying, pretending among the brethren. It's displeasing to God. It's not edifying to the body of Christ. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. You see, we can give place to the devil. So at the end of the day, it's not the devil's fault. It's what we gave him place to do in our lives. By living carnal. By living carnal. But refusing to renew the spirit of our mind. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good that he may, that he may have something to give him who has need. We're called to be a blessing. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification right there, right there. What a check that has been to me that it may impart grace to the hearers and do not grieve. Look at this verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In 2 Corinthians Chapter 1, Paul writes regarding the promises of God that a yes and amen. And verse 22, who also, okay, let's see, verse 21. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ has and has anointed us is God. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. A guarantee of what? 
a guarantee of this transformation that will be conformed to the image of Christ. A guarantee that we will overcome. A guarantee that if he be for us, who can be against us. A guarantee that I am born again, that now by the Spirit of God I can call him Abba Father. A guarantee of knowing that I have been adopted as a son. Oh, in the very family of God. As a guarantee. But you see, when we walk in carnal ways, going back to Ephesians now we can grieve him and instead of giving him place to bring forth conformity to the Christ nature what are we doing we're giving the devil place the wrong spirit mm, the wrong spirit how through carnal ways lying deceit immaturity Thank God for the grace of God. Oh, my dear. Thank God for the grace of God. That here we are and we can come to this new place. This place of repentance. To say, you know what? I'm letting go of that now. I'm moving. I'm moving forward with God. So back to Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, this is how we give the enemy entry. Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. With all malice, malicious hearts, vindicative hearts, harboring unforgiveness hearts. They've done me wrong, so I'm going to do them wrong. Hearts. No. No. We have. The love of God has been poured out in our spirit, man, in our hearts. To be able to walk in the love of God. Take no count of evil done against us. But a singleness of mind. I only follow the good shepherd. I'm only mindful of the things of God. What can men do to me if God be for me? If God be for you, what can men do to you? If God has justified you, who can condemn you? Many will try, but ultimately the justice of God stands forever. That's the justice of the blood of Christ. That has rendered us sinless in his sight, pure above reproach in his sight. Verse 32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Chapter 5, 1. Therefore, be imitators of God. Now, when I'm reading this, it doesn't mean you fellowship with wrongdoers because you want to be kind. You forgive and you be kind. But find yourself in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and allow Him to lead you in those paths of righteousness for His namesake. 
worship with the world. But be imitators of God. Here we come. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. As Christ also has loved us, given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Let's see what that looked like for Christ. In Philippians chapter 2, just, just a few pages over. Verse 5, let this mind, here we come. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He knew who he was. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and Coming in the likeness of man and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We read in Ephesians, truth is found in Jesus. Truth is found in Jesus. It's so when we walk in truth, we're walking in Christ. And when we walk in Christ, there is a full submission to the will of God in our lives. And that is what an overcomer looks like. An overcomer looks like one that bears the mind of Christ. That is forsaken the pride of life. That is forsaken the lust of the eyes and of the flesh. But is fully yielded himself to the will of God. has fully yielded to the will of God. Let's go to Hebrews 4.11. How do we do that? How do we do that? By walking in the word of God. There's no other way you can imitate Christ. There's no other way to be an imitator of God. If you're not walking in subjection to the word of God. For the mind of Christ, that the, the mind that he bore was a mind, like I said, that was fully yielded to the will of God. The word of God is the will of God. And so when we are fully yielded to the word of God, when we fully have come to this moment of submission without a but, without a, 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 a rebuke against our master, which is the word of God, then we walk in compliance, in submission. Mindful of this word in Hebrews 4, let's see, 6. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter, that's the promise of God, because of disobedience, again he designated a certain day, saying, In David, today 
after such a long time as it has been said, today if you hear his voice, and we know his voice is found in his word, do not harden your hearts. Do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterwards have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest, that's God's rest, has himself also seized from his works as God did from his. Now that is ultimate submission. To seize from the works of the flesh, which, which what? Profit for nothing. To seize from this outer working of fixing someone, fixing yourself, fixing a moment, with a carnal mindset, the way the world does it. That's failure. But when we come, and how, how does that happen? Through the habitual habitation in the Word of God. It's a process of transformation. It is a workmanship that is of God and not of man. We're God's workmanship. Therefore, patience to endure this transformation. Patience to be found trusting the word of God when nothing seems to have changed on the outside. And the word of God that you have sowed in your heart has patience in it. Because his love is patient. His love is found in his word. He is the word made flesh. That's why in verse 11, he writes, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living. The word of God is living. The word of God is living. And the living word of God is transforming us into a living reality of conformity with the living God. That is what being an imitator of God looks like, a transformation of a mind that's fully conformed to the mind of Christ, not some sort of a good little behavior that you can, you can, you can, you can put up for a little moment and not last because you wore out from the works of the flesh. Oh, the seizing of this, this, this work of flesh is a fight of faith. And that is not being idle. That's not being lazy. That's not being do nothing. It's, found, it's being found diligent in that which God has called you to do. To not lie to one another. To, to, to grow up in Christ. To not be tossed. To keep a steadfast course for Christ. 
Not be shifting here one day and there another day. I think God said this. No, God says something else now. And then tomorrow he's going to say something else again. Why? We want to excuse doubt and unbelief. Why? Because we don't want to conform to the image of Christ. Why would I say that? Wow, we've caught ourselves so often resembling the world. And not the living word. But thank God for grace. Here we are now. Choices can be made right now to yield to this word of God that is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner, a discerner. The word knows it all. The word knows it all. We are wide open to the word, to the eyes of the word he's going to tell us. That which we think is wide open to him. That's not to condemn us, but to make us wake up. It does matter what I think, because as we read, we're to have the very mind of God. If our thoughts did not matter to God, he wouldn't have said it. If our thoughts did not matter and produce actions, he wouldn't have written, Paul wouldn't have written to the Corinthians. They were to do what now? To bring down, the, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And look what he's talking, where he's going to make this war land. He's talking about warring, not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And then he's going to talk about the mind. A vigilance, a militancy over the mind that you've been given. The thoughts you think. Oh. Yeah, no, I can just have a little pity moment for five minutes. God gets it. No, God doesn't get it. No, God has given us Christ. God has given us the mind of Christ. He says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. That's what God gets. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And this word has innate power. In a power to bring forth discernment and an equipping to strip down the old carnal mind. Because this word is living, back to Hebrews 4, 12, 
For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, the sight of the word, the sight of the word of God, the sight of Jesus where truth is only found in Jesus. There's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things, all things, all things, you and I are part of this all things. Our thoughts are part of this all things, are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Oh, I pray for conviction for all of us today. I pray for such a divine conviction of the grace of God. They will face our moments that have tried to overcome us and say, no, you don't. I am stripping you down. I am an overcomer. Faith resides in me. The faith of the Son of God lives in me. And I am bringing you down, you old man. I'm not going back to that filth. I'm not going back to those filthy thoughts, those, those wicked thoughts, those thoughts of misery, of lack of unbelief. Thoughts of, I'm not going to make it. Quitting. It is a fight of faith. But we are well equipped. We are well equipped with the Holy Ghost within us. We have been given a guarantee. We have been given a guarantee. And I'm going to finish with Timothy. Paul to Timothy. And I believe my time is coming to a closing here. I'm sensing it. But I'm just going to finish with this verse. And I have a lot more I didn't even touch on today. But I believe I've touched on what God wanted me to touch on. This is part of what we've been speaking on. Faith overcomes the scene. Absolute victory. He who overcomes. To rest in God is to overcome these messages. Is what this looks like right now. What I'm saying is a mind that is alert. A mind that is equipped with the power of the word of God. To strip down every opposition. Every no, every no that comes against the word of God. That has made us a rebel. We'll capture it and bring it down. Ha ha ha. We'll overcome it. Why? Why? Because we, the just, shall walk in faith. And what pleases God is faith. This is what faith looks like. Walking in the mind of Christ, being an imitator, an imitator of God. And he did not say it's going to be easy. On the contrary, on the contrary, look what he says, Paul to Timothy. Chapter 2. In Second um, Timothy, Second Timothy chapter 2. You therefore, verse 1. You therefore, my son, term of endearment, my son. Be strong. Come on. I, I read it to you as I read it to myself. Be strong, Desi. Desi, you be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And he's going to tell us what that looks like. To be strong in the grace of God it is to withstand opposition. To be strong in the grace of God is to be conformed to the image of Christ. To be strong in the grace of God is to walk away from the filth of the world. To be strong in the grace of God is to be a good soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Not to be out. Okay, God gets me. Oh, you know, you gotta have friends after all. If you don't sound like them, they'll never accept you. No, no. All I care about is acceptance. And the word tells me in him I already have been accepted. In him we are already accepted in the beloved. In him we have a right standing in Christ and through Christ alone. And so I want to live life to please my master. And yes, I am undergoing transformation. Yes, it's what the word has apportioned for my life. And this is what it sounds right here. Back to 2 Timothy 2, now verse 2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must, you must, you must endure hardship. As good soldier of Jesus Christ, that looks like persecution. That looks often like misunderstandings that only God can clear up. But you have a pure conscience before God. Don't lie to others. Don't deceive. Don't be malicious in your heart towards others. Don't be bitter. Don't walk in unforgiveness. But walk forward. Walk forward to please your master. I don't even know if you can say walk forward, but just walk that walk of Christ. Be imitators. Be imitators of God. Run the race with perseverance. That's what walk forward is. Run the race with perseverance. It's not backwards. It is forward because for the, for the, the reward that's set before you, for the joy that was set before Christ, he endured. And so we too, with our eyes set on him, we endure to overcome, not to be a victim in our little stories. Uh, no, 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 no. How hard, no, no, how hard it is. Yes, yeah, so, so, who is in us? The toughest of the toughest, the conqueror of conquerors, the Lord Jesus Christ. This outside is no match to what he's already done. Defeated the devil. And the devil knows it for all eternity. And we now are found right here that we must endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ, of Jesus Christ. No one engage in warfare. Come on now. Can you hear what he's saying? No one engaged in warfare means we're engaged in warfare. But that is a conviction of being in the overcoming moment of it. Of being victorious over the moment. Because I'm in faith. Faith has overcome the world. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who enlisted him as soldier. You know, something else I want to clear up here. You know, demons this, demons that, and this and that, and that and that, and something else. And yes, it's a spiritual world. And yes, we perceive snares that are demonic in nature. But I tell you, the way you silence all of it is you come back to these verses. I am of God. 
and I have overcome the world. I'm in Christ now. He has overcome the world. And through his overcoming, I have overcome. Now, I don't care the name of this evil thing and that evil thing. I am of God. And yes, I am to guard that which is entrusted to me, the call of God. And I am to walk in the discernment of the word of God and to be very careful not to entrust myself to man. But I'm not afraid. Not afraid. Because if God be for me, who can be against me? And I am here commissioned for this fight of faith. I am commissioned to be in the overcomer's walk, the walk of faith. I am commissioned that I am to endure as a good soldier all things and to overcome all things. Look why. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him. To please him who enlisted him as a soldier. To please the living God. Victory pleases God. Faith in God equals victory over the world. Victory pleases God. Not a victim's mindset. But a victor's mindset. Which is an imitator of God mindset. And also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Rules of victory. Rules to overcome all. Rules to subdue every unruly thought. Rules to be found on top where he is. We are now there. The hardworking, look, Hardworking, not lazy, not the lazy farmer, but the hardworking farmer. Are you hardworking in laboring for that fruit that does not spoil to believe the word of God? Are you hardworking? Yes, you are. Yes, you are, because you're a Christian. Yes, you are, because you're a Christian. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Verse 8, I have to read this part. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead. Remember the victory over death. Remember that which he has done for you. Remember that the devil is defeated. According to my gospel, verse 9, for which I suffer trouble as an evil doer, even to the point of chains, high persecution he underwent. But the word of God is not chained. Come on now. And so we are now one with the word of God. And no matter what it looks on the outside, we know, we know what the word says. The word is not chained. Therefore, I'm not chained. I can't be held back. Therefore, look what Paul says. I endure all things for the sake of the elect. For the saint to be built up, he spoke in Ephesians 4, where we read. For the building up, the equipping of the saints to come in the unity of the faith, in the knowledge of God, to come into a perfect man. Not to be tossed about with wrong doctrines, which are really doctrines of demons. 
Therefore endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is what the compassion of Christ looks like. Enduring all things for the purpose, for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is what we're about. This is what we're about salvation message of eternal glory glory be to god i'm done for this day amen 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 Ooh, amen